You're listening to Awaken with Angus Ford Robertson. Exploring humanity's greatest mystery, awakening through awareness. Hello, greetings and welcome. Angus here, the Awaken podcast, episode 7. So last week we looked at women's inner leadership and why it's just so important that we reevaluate what uh, the leadership styles are, if you like, of the masculine and the feminine. This week we change direction and we're looking at the subject of pornography. Now what, you may ask, does pornography have to do with this topic of awakening? Good question. Let me just say a few words on that. So from my perspective, if we're really interested in awakening, we have to be willing to look at all aspects of humanity. It's no good to sweep difficult topics under the carpet, so to speak. And pornography is undoubtedly one of these topics. It is an aspect of relating. You'll notice, of course, that I'm not making any judgment call uh, personally or professionally about whether pornography is good or bad or otherwise. But one of the interesting things to come out of this conversation is actually exploring just that, to explore are there upsides, downsides, uh, in brackets, of course there are, uh, of pornography. So that's where we're heading. It's a very refreshing uh, take. Once again, you'd expect nothing less from Louise. Sit back, enjoy the conversation, see what you make of it. Welcome, Louise. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Angus. I'm super happy to be back and I'm excited about today's topics. See, I, we were just sharing off off air, so to speak, that you've had a day off and I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel very ready. Have you been shopping? Have you been walking? What have you been doing? Just I've snoozing, been... reading books? Oh, kind of all of it. No, I haven't been reading. I've been having a really nice coffee around the corner. I've been mm. walking. I've been snoozing. Oh. That's kind of it. Really nice. Oh, sounds blissful. Okay. <laughs> I will take a leaf out of your book. Now let's jump straight into where we're going today. We've got a whole bunch of subjects. Obviously, um, as hopefully all you listeners know, we've been covering a multitude of subjects around sex and intimacy and relationships and different styles of relating. Uh, last week, we looked at uh, inner female leadership. This week, we're going, I mean, we're coming towards the end of our series, sadly, but I want to dive into and dip our toe into some subjects that are perhaps a little bit more taboo, a little bit more edgy. Um, and the first one comes under the heading of porn, pornography. So <laughs> porn is something that I always notice when it comes up for the first time in, in sort of couples therapy or the therapy room generally, can be met with Still, in 2000 and what is this, 22, uh, it, with such sort of shame and embarrassment and sometimes disgust and revulsion, other times not at all, just full wholehearted, yeah, it's wonderful, it's a lovely uh, additional bonus to our relationship. And so I'm just wondering if you could uh, perhaps start us off with a few headlines of, as your from your perspective, as a as a psychotherapist working in this particular area of relating and couples and so on, sexuality, 
How might we have a sort of a more modern and hopefully enlightened view of porn? What are the the positives, the negatives, the pitfalls? The yeah, give us perhaps a, a little heading on that, if you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Porn is such a great and big topic, and there's so many perspectives that are important. But I think when we talk about porn, we need to look at both the advantages and the disadvantages because there's both. Absolutely. Porn is neither good nor bad. It's how we use it that is really important. And of course, in my end as as a therapist and working with both individual and couples, I mostly see porn when it's used in the way that's actually not beneficial. Yeah. And like addictions and so on. Yeah, not even, not Mm. even addictions, but what it creates is it's like it creates a role model of this is what sex is supposed to look like or be uh-huh. like because we don't really have we don't see sex it's a part sadly porn has become a part of our sexual education because that is the role models that we see because if we see in the media we see a little bit of sex on tv it's never really full sex like what does sex look like what is sex and porn is the only way that we actually see it. So the problem, or one of the problems with porn is that it becomes unconsciously some kind of role model for this is what sex is. And if we believe that porn is real, we end up ha- having a problem. Mm-hmm. And what I see often for men is that, that men are usually the ones that use porn more than women. So men get some kind of sense of if this is what sex is supposed to look like, this is what women will feel. You know, in porn, women are always perpetually ready and they have big orgasms and there's a specific body type, etc. That's very far away from what sex actually really is with a a real woman. Mm -hmm. So... It creates some kind of artificial, idealized idea that can make it difficult for women to live up to and can make it difficult for men to be turned on by real women, real sex. Yeah, yeah. Now, I hear you. I want to pick up on something you just said there. I mean, I think we all know that the used uh, profile of of Pornhub and all these things is, is much more heavily male than female, although perhaps not as much as people think, which is also interesting. We'll come to that. Um, just briefly, why? Why is it that men are so much more interested in porn than than women? Mm-hmm. I think it's because men have a sexual drive that has some urgency to it. And men use the release as a way of relaxing more than women do in general. So men have an acute need for sexual release. And that's very often, men are very often driving the, driving the initiative to having sex. And it's, it's, it's not black and white, but men, men are often doing it and men are supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. The thing I, about... Yeah. Yeah, the thing about women is that women have a slower turn on. Women need women don't have this acute, I want sex now. 
It's not that women have a, a lesser sex drive, but our turn on is different. So men are very exposed to rejection when they come with, I just want sex, because women have a much deeper emotional agenda in order to be ready to sex, for sex, to want it. We need connection, etc. I know I'm speaking a little bit in black and white terms, but it's also how we work in general, which yeah. means that men are very exposed to rejection, which they mm. don't experience in porn. In porn, yeah. there's just a ready availability. So the whole emotional... Um, navigation that happens in a couple or people that are not in a couple but are navigating sex that whole negotiation is very vulnerable mm. for men as well as for women and men are very exposed to women not wanting sex and even though that's how it is it's painful to be rejected mm. so it's much easier to choose porn if there's just a need for sexual release Porn is always available. Yes, yes. All of that makes total sense to me, and I'm, I'm certain you're you're really onto something there. I wonder also if the very simple um, issue of it being so visual, and so it's kind of visual, which is mental, it's an image. Uh, the masculine is so much more interested in my experience in mental ideas and concepts and and quick fix sort of show show me the money come on if porn was somehow more embodied and felt <laughs> then it might have more traction with the feminine you're, you're uh, completely right yeah do you sorry. see what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely M men are visually stimulated mm -hmm. and women we need to feel yeah because biologically instinctively we need to feel safe in order to relax enough to want to have sex and relax enough to orgasm. So mm -hmm. women's turn on is not visual. Women's turn on is felt. It's our whole nervous system. It's our radar that's turned on. And we, we don't get turned on by just something visual because we don't know if we're safe. So mm -hmm. we need to feel embodied. So that's another reason why porn usually doesn't work as easily for women because our turn on simply is different yes absolutely nicely said i want to also name before we go deeper into this that from my perspective and um in the context of this podcast you know this podcast is called awaken and for me my interest in this subject is to destigmatize to some degree or as best we can in this conversation and to de-shame uh, what is such a prevalent pattern in relationships, in society. I'm about to share some pretty astonishing uh, stats on Pornhub, the world's biggest porn site. You know, it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's omnipresent. It's one of the biggest sites in the world. You know, there are 42 billion searches on Pornhub each year. 42 billion. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of searches. That's, lot. That's yeah. just crazy amounts of searches of people looking for what they want. So in terms of awakening, I'm just naming for, for you folk listening, this subject is really key because we need to get comfortable talking about these things and understanding to what degree we have got pulled into the web of 
uh, porn and the negative aspects. We haven't obviously yet touched upon those, but porn can lead to erectile dysfunction. It can lead to all sorts of very physiological and emotional uh, negatives, lots of downsides, mm -hmm. uh, a real heart numbing, um, all sorts of disconnect from partner when we just get locked into this. And as you've said, it, it's all around... Um, avoiding rejection it's just easy easy prey so to speak mm -hmm. so uh there's a lot of reasons why these sensitive and sometimes taboo subjects are absolutely key to the awakening process mm -hmm. um maybe we should just have a little look more at you know what are some of the well no actually i'd like to to, to flip it over and just say to what degree could it be used healthily say that there is a very healthy uh dynamic can you say a little bit about how it might be used in a very productive or healthy way? Mm -hmm. We're social animals. We're social animals. We like, we like to be connected. We like to know what the others are doing. We like to know what's happening out there. We like to watch other people. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting and it's stimulating. Yeah. And if we're just in our own little bubble and we're not allowed to look, we're not allowed to feel, we're not allowed to be curious, it, it means we, we contract our sense of self. So we are naturally curious and we are naturally connected. And, you know, there's a lot of homemade porn that's also very, very popular. Real people just camming, real people just watching each other because it takes away the whole artificial performance that's also in porn and makes it real. Here we are watching each other, which means... It helps us to feel stimulated. It helps us to feel normal. It helps us to feel sexual. It's, you know, there's also, we expand this kind of, who am I as a sexual being? If I, if I can look at others and also sometimes if they can look at me. So it's not just, I mean, I'm expanding a little bit the, the definition of porn because this, you know, that's a little, that's a little bit different, but the watching other people and getting inspiration so a healthy couple can get a lot of inspiration and stimulation by by looking at porn or by looking at, at you know homemade porn, other people having sex, because it it facilitates an expansion of our sexual identity. That's really what it does. If mm. we use it in a healthy way, if we, if we use it together, if we use it to get excited, if we use it to get new ideas, if we use it in a way to bring it back to the relationship. I think we were talking about in our, in our last episode about open relationships and what, what is a, one of the advantages. We learn new things about ourselves. Yeah. We can use porn in the same way as long as we bring it back to us, to the yes. couple, to how can we use that instead of one, usually the man is using porn and he gets shamed and he has to hide it. They can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. The woman feels challenged and jealous. You know, all these things that are that yeah. brings people further away from each other. Bring it back to how can it deepen our connection? How can it make things feel more alive between us? What do we like? Where are our edges? What can we learn together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, love all of that. I love that. And and let's also name, it can be blooming hot watching and seeing. As you said right at the top, uh, it, for a lot of people, a lot of couples that I've worked with, you know, once they can own that, it's very exciting to watch what another couple might be doing. You know, that 
oh, brilliant, brilliant. They're, they're owning it, they're naming it. Now there's no uh, much less shame around it. And it's really lovely. You've kind of preempted my next point. So <clears throat> this is where I test you, Louise, and I'm not <laughs> expecting you to know the answer. What was the number one search on Pornhub, the world's greatest porn site of 2000? And I think it was 19. What do you imagine, given what you've just said? Wow. <clears throat> I love that question. I have no idea. Amateur. Yeah. The number one search a couple of years ago was amateur love sex it. videos. Yeah. So it says it says yeah. to me that what you're talking about is so on the money that there is a actually, interestingly, you might argue it's quite a healthy shift from, yeah. you know, the the sort of perfect porn bodies and i don't know what you know the big bust and all whatever it is that is kind of like the 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 caricature and people are going to real humans making little home videos of what they're getting up to and sharing it and everyone's kind of enjoying that uh, amazing number one scarily what do you think number two was i'm going to tell you because you won't get it aliens aliens <laughs> Right, I would yeah. never have guessed that. Yeah, yeah, it's now been knocked off the top spot by uh, hentai or something. I think which is Japanese cartoons. <laughs> so it's like, but it, it is just fun oh. to see people have had some pretty quirky Idiot. searches. Yeah. What, what, what do you? I don't do you even know. Think? Don't ask me. I don't know. But some, something to do with sex with aliens. I don't know. Maybe okay. there was a bit of a fad or a phase. I don't know. Okay, but, I have a point that maybe you know could connect. There's something about having. I mean, this also feeds into sexual fantasies, which is also mm. something that I, I find that's, that's an interesting topic. But having sex with aliens, there's something about a permission, like mm. an alien. You don't know what the sexuality of an alien is, which means you would, you might discover something about your own sexuality that the alien could show you. There's something about that about permission to go outside of the norm yes. that I'm curious about. Yes, yes. What it's bringing up for me is that there could be positives or negatives, or it could just be a spurious uh, little detail as aliens. But on the negative side could be removed, distanced, kind of like um, depersonalized sex <laughs> is what comes up for me. Uh -huh, yeah. um, but equally, I see your point. There could be a more positive spin on it of uh, just like fantasy and inquiry and ownership of quirkiness, you know, some kind of fun kink. The thing of you, the, the thing of you don't know what's going to happen. Right. right. That's, that's really stimulating. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Now, we could dive into that because I, <laughs> I, could, I could come back at you with something on that. But I, I, I don't know. You see, I don't think that would be hot for me. That would be quite scary, perhaps. I don't know. To really not know <laughs> with an alien. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that, too. It's the edge. <laughs> but Angus, that's where the thrill is. It's the edge. Yeah. You don't yeah, want to yeah. be too scared, but you don't yeah. want to be too comfortable. Yeah. You've got to be in the Goldilocks zone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which leads us nicely to, come on, next question. Which countries are the biggest consumers of porn? And then we'll go into why. <laughs> I would somehow imagine Asia. Interesting. No, it's not. I, I know where you're going with that. United States and Japan are the two biggest per yeah. capita kind of yeah. 
the UK is number three. We used to be number one, the number one consumers of porn on Pornhub in the UK. But what's interesting to me is the countries that have a more permissive, open, less restrictive, you know where this is going, uh, view on sex, have very little porn consumption. Yes. I mean, that's obvious to you and I, but maybe you could say a piece on that. Like, why is that? (laughs) So Sweden is doesn't even make Denmark, your home country, doesn't even appear on the top 20 list. It's way down. And Sweden, too, you know, very much more, I would say, permissive, more uh, cool with nakedness and going to a sauna without clothes and da 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 da. You know, there's there's more body acceptance. So I don't know what that's bringing up for you. I, I, I was not surprised that U.S. was right there because I, I was thinking either, you know, China, China, Japan or U.S. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly because because sexuality is suppressed. So yeah. if it is suppressed, if we don't have permission, we are already primed to we can't get our needs met. And another thing is we are primed to feel shame. Mm. So shame is already a part of our sexual identity which leaves people very vulnerable to using porn. Yes. So, beautiful segue. Louise, what might you say if you were working with a couple, and let's be very stereotypical about it, he is a a big user of porn and, and she's not feeling happy about it and he's feeling a bit embarrassed and ashamed and so on. What might be your your approach what might you say to her and to him in order to untangle that uh, situation first of all i'd probably want to understand what is the reality of the porn usage because it can be from she thinks it's a lot because he checks in on that once in a while and that just that he's using porn is already enough you know we're so quick to judge the cultural taboo, strangely, you know, because it's such a big business and it's such a normal thing. But the but the taboo and and the 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 shame around it is still huge. There's so many, especially you know, from my clients, women have a lot of judgment around men using porn. So the first thing is, I want to get a sense of what's really going on. What's really going? What's the reality? Right. And what's right. what's judgment and what is overuse? And if there is an overuse or something unhealthy, I'd explore what's missing between them. Mm-hmm. Since that what that's what he does. I would say what's missing between them and what is he avoiding by going into porn? Because it's a it's an easy release, it's an easy dopamine hit. So it's an easy way for us to avoid the thing that might not be working it's Mm. it's, yeah it's just an easy fix so what is he avoiding and i would also explore the same for her she's not using porn but what is she doing that is avoiding the intimacy between them that would make them feel fulfilled Mm. so Mm. if there's a problem with porn with one one in a couple that's using porn it's because there's something underlying. If it, if that, if they had a great relationship, sex was function was working, intimacy was great, and he was using porn, it wouldn't come up as a problem. Mm, really interesting. 
I think I want to explore the theme of shame from that a little more. I, I totally get everything you've said. What's coming up for me that I, I want to just name, and then maybe you'll have something from that, is that what I see often happening in the therapy room with couples is that, and again, this is just painting a very stereotypical picture, the partner wife, the the, the woman in the dynamic, will often not understand that for as long as she is in any way shaming his behavior, there's no way out. Really, I just don't see any way out. There has to be some shift. Now, I know I'm only looking at her side for now and is his side to be dealt with, but I suppose I'm naming it, and this probably is very sensitive ground, um, but when woman is shaming man, from my experience, everything gets stuck. I know there's an equal and opposite that man has to also raise his game, which we'll come to. But is there something coming up in you around this issue of the feminine wanting to sort of, man, you're doing it wrong, you should be different, da-da-da-da-da, and then we'll look at the man side of it. What's coming up for you? We are very often operating out of a fixed mindset and a very strong moral and cultural judgment about the use of porn it's it's like common like almost like common sense oh there's something wrong or that's bad or he should be shamed it's like people are just allowed to say that and think that without actually inquiring about it which that's the first thing it's so easy to be judgmental and instead of staying in that fixed mindset, begin to understand what 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 meaning does it actually have that he's using porn? As we said, it's very easy, accessible sex. There's no rejection. He gets a break from the maybe the little bit difficult navigation in in the relationship, and he's just taking a break. Yeah. And it has nothing. In a way, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with how attracted he feels to you, but it has more to do with how difficult he might find it to connect with you. Yes, yes. I'm wondering if I go first or you go first now, because what you just said makes total sense. But I'm now looking at the opposite side of the equation. Where's Where might he be missing the mark in, in this dynamic? And I, I'm pretty clear what I think it is. Who goes first, you or me? You jump in. Shall I? Yeah. From my perspective, where man is often lacking in this dynamic is that on some level, he's kind of given up the, I'm going to say the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not quite the intention. He's got a bit, I'm going to just say it and it's, it's crudely said, but he gets lazy. He's doesn't, he's not going to make the effort. He's stopped making the effort for what, for whatever reason his or hers, or a mix of both. He's looking for the quick, easy hit, and he's given up the energy of lovingly penetrating his woman mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and and making the effort to go in. So it's like, oh, it's it's almost like if I was to mime it, it would be like, oh, it's too much work, or it's not available, or it's, oh, just find the easy fix. Where's the veins? Tap, 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 you know. That's my take on it. That's a very crude analysis, but I'm wondering what you make of that. I I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's 
it's easy to avoid the emotional, as I said, the, the emotional navigation, you know, the emotional, the intimacy. It's a way of avoiding intimacy, of course. And intimacy is not always easy because we're two people that have to find each other. So, yeah, yeah you can talk about laziness or avoidance yeah. of being in the emotional space. And maybe there's a thing I want to add to that which touches into men have a, a quicker turn on the kind of mm. desire for sex is quicker. Women are slower and we need emotional connection. We need presence. And if that's not available and, and here I'm not pointing finger at the man, I'm, 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 I'm pointing at both of us. Mm. Are we available for the presence, for the connection that makes a woman turn on? Yeah. And we have busy lives. Yeah. We don't take the time. We don't prioritize. We have 10 different priorities before we get to sex, which is one, I want to say this, it's one of the biggest mistakes we can make as a couple. If we want a relationship to work, sex has to be right up there, right up there, not go down because we can still have a functional relationship, but something vital and alive will get, get missed. I'm smiling because I did my best to communicate that this morning in the therapy room to uh, to someone. And um, <clears throat> I wonder if you agree with the analysis that, in a sense, what happens in the bedroom is a metaphor for what happens in your life. Like, if if it's vibrant and honest and real, intimately in the bedroom between you, then that is the best indicator of what's happening uh what the potential is in the rest of your life together true yeah absolutely absolutely angus it's a microcosm yeah it's yeah. a microcosm and and it's not it's not just a metaphor it's not just a pointer because what happens when we're sexually alive when we're sexually alive it it, then we are alive. Then we're yeah. connected to life, and it it radiates out to every aspect of our life. You know, we talked about a while ago. We talked about the ability to make money, the financial abundance, the financial flow, the confidence of can I be that person that that earns money? Can I be that person that has pleasure? Can I be that person that shows my pleasure and my desire? When we can show our desire. That changes our whole life. Completely agree. I often say to, oh, oh, yeah, I say to, to, I've said this to various friends. You can tell how someone is in the bedroom by how they move in the kitchen, how they bake a cake, the sensuality of their, you know, how they sit and eat a meal with friends. All of this, you know, in a sense, is feeds from the bedroom and the intimate way in which they work, and it, it gets mirrored in all aspects. Yeah, so I, I completely agree with you. Ah, oh, fabulous. We're going to pause there on that subject, but thank you again, Louise. That was a, a lovely, lovely dive into that. We've got a whole, um, we've got two or three more subjects that I have to get into with you, so we'll do those shortly. But for now, thanks very much and goodbye. You're welcome. You've been listening to Awaken, with Angus Ford Robertson. To join my Awaken program, please visit angusfordrobertson.com.